humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. It's been a minute. I hope everyone is thriving in 2024 already after a weird holiday season. I really needed that time off uh, mental health wise. I think I had, was exhausted. So it's good to be back after a little break and bring you to episode 389. My guests today are Cherie Rezen and Dr. Amar Rout. They are a nurse and doctor, respectively, and the founders of the Embrace Nepal Foundation. Their mission, quote, to bring hope, health, and happiness to Nepal's rural communities by improving health care, education, and overall well-being, unquote. This includes helping to increase high school graduation for Nepalese, uh, reduce child malnutrition, facilitate clean water access, sanitation, uh, provide maternal and child health, uh, specialized health, basic health, mental health, dental health, wellness, sometimes hiking miles into the Himalayas to serve communities that in some cases have never seen a doctor or healthcare practitioner. We're talking grown people who've spent their whole lives and maybe never been to a doctor or maybe just seen a someone passing through somewhere along the way. A really extraordinary couple of people who work with other extraordinary people and it's it's such a beautiful cause and foundation and they leave in February for another trip. They will hike miles and miles and miles and miles up <laughs> with all this equipment and everything they need to to bring medical attention to people who desperately, desperately need it. It's it's really an extraordinary group. Okay, check out heyhumanpodcast.com for links and to learn more about my guests and the show. Check out susanruth.com to learn about me and my other artistic endeavors. Follow Susan Ruthism and Hey Human Podcast on social media. Find my albums, all my music on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, wherever you get your music. Rate, review, and subscribe to Hey Human Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening. Thank you for coming in hot 2024, being a part of this. I hope during the break, you took some time to deep dive into some older episodes. I know there's so many on there, but uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm excited for who's coming up soon. Uh, really wonderful people, interesting humans, weird and wonderful across the board. So excited. So yes, thank you. Be well, be kind, be love. And here we go. Cherie Razin and Dr. Rout, welcome to Hey Human. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us back. Oh my gosh. We recorded an entire episode, what was that, two months ago? Yes, two or three months ago, I think. More than two months. And yeah. I was crestfallen when I opened up the program and found that, in fact, it was just... <laughs> but I replaced my cord... And all is well with the world, and you were both very kind to come back. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so welcome. much. Welcome. Let's just jump right in. Okay. S say who you are and your background as far as 
what you all do, and then we'll go backwards a little bit, and then we'll go forwards. Okay. We'll do some time traveling. Okay. <laughs> uh, my name is Dr. Omar Raut, and I, I'm from uh, southeastern part of Asia, land of Mount Everest, Nepal. So I was, I was born and raised there. And talking about my education part, uh, I have my MBBS degree uh, from Kathmandu Medical College, which is in Kathmandu, the capital city of Nepal. After completion of my medical school, I, uh, I had my two years of uh, government service where I chose uh, to work in rural part of Nepal. It's oh. not required at all, but uh, it's, it depends on you. you. You can choose to work in the city area or you can choose to work in the rural part of Nepal. So I chose to work in the rural part of Nepal. But you don't have, the government doesn't require you to do service? Uh, no, because I got a scholarship. I got a scholarship from uh, Nepal government uh, in which I, I was in top 25 students all over Nepal. So I got a scholarship and for that scholarship, uh, um, like government wants, uh, wanted me to do uh, two years of government service and it was optional to, uh, to choose wherever I want to, wanted to go, but I chose to go rural part of Nepal. Where you were really needed. Uh, yeah. 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 Because I wanted to go and serve the rural community. So that's why I chose that part of Nepal. And I worked there and then I met Siri during my uh, second year of uh, the government service. And that's how we got connected and we had the same goal of serving the underserved people. That's how the organization started as well. And I wanted to pursue further educations. So I started preparing for a USMLE. So it's it's a United States Medical License exam. So I was studying at the same time I was doing that service as well. And after the two years of service i went uh, i i came came here in the us so and now you're started. taking tests to further yeah i have already completed all my tests and i have got interviews as well which is in this january so i'm preparing for <laughs> interview as well i already got that permanent license uh, to work in nepal as well but uh, at here you need to have a specific license to do everything General medicine? Yeah, I applied to general medicines. Yeah. So. Okay. And Sheree? My name is Sheree Rosen, and I was born in Michigan, but raised in Boulder, Colorado. And um, once after I graduated, I moved to the West Coast, um, primarily California, but lived in Seattle, where I went to nursing school. Um, I've been a nurse for over 23 years now. Um, I uh, love to travel and hike and trek and camp and on um, one of my excursions I went to Nepal to help build a health camp and then do a 10-day trek and we ended up not building the health, camp, uh, health clinic but we ended up painting a children's school instead and then we did a trek and I loved it so much that I went back to Nepal several months later and stayed longer 
And because I injured my knee, I ended up volunteering as a nurse at the clinic up in the mountains where I met MR. And um, I was at that clinic for almost um, six weeks. And I loved it. I loved it. And we, uh, Amar and I had started talking about, you know, our um, similar interests in helping, helping people. Um, and of course, I feel like doctors and nurses, that's what they do. They help people. It's in their, their hearts to do that. Um, and this is the height of the pandemic that you were doing this? Or was this before the pandemic? Uh, it was after the pandemic. After the pandemic. Yes. Yes. It was like the first trip was really newly after the pandemic, like just maybe a month after restrictions, month or two months after restrictions. I guess it was the first trip that was opened to go to Nepal through the agency that I went through. You'd been going to the to the rural places and practicing medicine and helping people before that. Or did you establish Uh, that clinic that uh, she came to? So it was already established clinic, a clinic. So that was under Nepal government. Uh, so I, I, I went there before the pandemic, before the second wave. So in between first and second wave, I went there. And there, uh, because it was primary healthcare center, so it was resource constraint environment there. But uh, after I went there, uh, so there was only one medical uh, doctor working there. So for how many people? So I think for the whole uh, area, so it's like um, I would say eight thousand or eight thousand. Yeah, that's a lot of people for one doctor, two <laughs> doctors. <laughs> yeah, but there are uh, there were many uh, health worker health worker working there but there are like uh, it, there was a scarcity of doctor were the health workers all volunteers they are under uh, nepal government uh, worker and uh, i went there and then uh, then the second wave of covid happened mm-hmm. and uh, all of uh, people had no clue what was what was going on there so i started uh, like coordinating with the local government, and then I established uh, established COVID isolation center, uh, where like more than seventies people were admitted and got treat- treated. Seventy uh, year old. Oh, 70, 70 plus. people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. got it. Sorry. Yeah. So you meant elderly. Yeah. yeah seventy yeah. plus people. Yeah. Uh, so in number. Yeah. Yeah. So they were admitted. Also, they were admitted and. We had uh, like whatever we had at that time, with a limited resource as well, and with a limited lab um, and everything. So we tried to manage the case, and they successfully went back to their home. So that was kind of achievement, also. Yeah, it's a big achievement. So, uh, so in the daytime, I was uh, looking at my patient in outpatient. And then after that, I had to go to isolation center to see uh, the patients over there. So it was good coordination between uh, me and local government. Did you get COVID while you were treating other people? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I used lots of precaution. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But um, like almost 90% of the work uh, worker got the COVID, but... 
I didn't go to Kobe. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so you two met at that facility. After than that. After that, the second after so, the yeah. So yeah. So initially, I was working as a medical uh, doctor only. Then because of that things that uh, coordination between the local government, uh, it was uh, that that helped me to promote as a uh, medical administrative of that primary healthcare center, and they promoted me as a. Because you kicked yeah. ass. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so how in the world do you with the limited resources? It's obviously, it's not an exceptionally wealthy part of the world yes how do you deal with that uh, because I was uh, using uh, so many resources like online uh, and whenever I, I got confused at that time I used to consult with my senior uh, doctor uh, who were working as a, um, at tor- a tertiary care center so that's the place where I got uh, my medical school yeah. Uh, degree mm-hmm. so I used to consult lots of doctor about the finding also because it was it was a difficult things for you me you must have learned so much in that experience way beyond what you would have had <laughs> in a in a traditional school situation yeah you like we you call that <laughs> baptism by fire in the United States <laughs> you grow what you go through that's people say so yeah I grow from the experience yeah and Sheree when you got there what was your understanding of what you were to do and and what you saw and who you were dealing with as far as the community at large um when I got there I really wasn't certain what I was going to be doing except volunteering as a nurse I didn't know what that would entail but um I sat in the exam room with Amar and um did vital signs and being there immersed in the culture for nearly six weeks, I was able to eventually pick up on some of the ailments and um, what was going on with the patients um, and what some of the um, top ailments were like blood pressure problems, um, hypertension um, and and wounds um, because they wear just slide on shoes when they do farming and hiking and just slide on flip-flops. The nurses deliver babies there, so there were women that were coming in and having babies, which was amazing to see because they have their babies and then six hours later, they go home. They go back to to their village and the babies are all swaddled up and swaddled and swaddled because we didn't have the radiant heater. Um, But Amar did find one eventually, so babies born thereafter would get to um, utilize that that warmer and just being there and having like real hands-on nursing I just fell in love with it and I wanted to come back and help more and and so I planned on coming back again and we had decided we were going to do some health camps we go to a village and we bring the supplies like um, one of our the last health camp we did was arranged with Amar and all his um, resources and people that he knows uh, coordinated a health camp that took us two days and a three-hour hike to get there. Um, we, we took our EKG machine, our ultrasound machine, glucometer, medications, and the Sherpas trekked that stuff 
on the hike to get that stuff to the clinic clinic for us and the villagers find out in this case 15 minutes before or 15 hour days before that we were coming and that particular health camp we had um, a doctor came with us so there were four doctors and there were paramedics that were already up at that village seeing patients um, and uh, nurses as well and there was a lab and a medication room um, what time of year is this happening that you were experiencing this? July. 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 Yes, that was at the end of July, that mm-hmm. last health camp. Mm-hmm. We did two health camps that, that month. We did one in another village, and that one was more focused on eyes. So we took an um, uh, eye doctor, uh, optometrist with us and um, to screen for cataracts. And get and so he saw pa- they, that person saw patients and prescribed the eye drops that they might need mm-hmm. and um, then then they would come over and see Dr. Amar for like a general uh, health checkup and then he would write down medic medications and the eye eye drops. Yeah. So at uh, at that health camp, uh, we found out eighteen people who who were suffering for uh, from cataract. So we try to coordinate uh, that people with the local government. Because that needs surgery, does it not? Yeah. Yeah, they had to get their lens replaced or something? Yes. Yeah. 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 So... uh, Can't really do that in the... (laughs) Just right there on the trail, I suppose. (laughs) So, but uh, it's a minor surgery, so you can do that and uh, go back to your home in the same day, so... What is the average age of the people that you were seeing... Because I remember from the last time we talked, you said that people were coming from miles. They hadn't been to doctors for years, which is extraordinary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Especially in Karnali, there was a a good range. Not not as many kids, but pregnant women. Um, And I would say, like, probably 30s to... 32, 80, maybe? 80, I guess. That's yeah. everything. Is there yeah. a high infant mortality rate? Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. imagine it would be. Yeah. So the Karnali camp um, that we did, uh, they have actually a helipad at that camp mm-hmm. in case there's a, um, a mother that, an emergency with a, a pregnancy or mother that delivered a baby, they would be airlifted to, to um, the local, a closer hospital for higher level of care. When people are coming in that maybe have not seen a traditional medicine doctor or nurse in so long, if ever, did you find that you learned a lot about natural remedy? Did they impart wisdom upon you as well as you imparting on them? Yeah, so that's why you have to uh, uh, not just react on the uh, whatever they say, but you have to be more receptive while they say to you something. Because like there are lots of superstitious things over there, and they have their own beliefs, and you should not be like, oh, you should not be doing like that. But instead of that, like you should be uh, touching that point, but indirectly. <laughs> so it was quite a learning experience, but uh, but because I was already working in the rural part of Nepal, so I knew that the things will uh, go in that way. So you have to be extra cautious for giving them advice as well. So it was learning experience as well, and it was great experience on the whole. Yeah. 
Over 700 villagers came, and they were literally trying to break, get in the doors. We had security, <laughs> even though they all had numbers because they were registered and they checked in. They, because they had trekked far from their little their homes and, and the surrounding areas, but they were like trying to push through the doors, and um, it was it was pretty amazing. And mm-hmm. we saw over. 700. 700 but we weren't able to see all of them what um, happens to the people you turn away the, how does that's got to be horrible for you, you even i mean yeah. obviously it's bad for them but that's got to be so, heartbreaking right it, yeah. you wish you had at least one more day to get all the rest of the people in and they just trek on home and hope for the next time uh for the next time and there were um two doctors walking there as well they will they will come back yeah Okay, but what just made, without all the resources that we yeah, had, yeah, the just, yeah. they didn't have that kind of resources. I just picture the Sherpas going up the the mountainside with an EKG machine and ultrasound, whatever, ultrasound machines, all yes. of that. And then our our luggage, our backpacks that we had, um, they're pretty amazing. I imagine too, just because some of these people have not seen this kind of equipment before, so they have the feeling like uh, that ultrasound. Uh, machine would detect everything, every pathology, every etiology uh, inside you. So th- they have that kind of feeling, and they they like to um, uh, come to us and have that uh, checkup as well. So they were not terrified by that, but they were like uh, surprised and they were overjoyed by the service uh, uh, we were doing at that time. Yeah, yeah. we did over yeah. 140 ultrasounds in one and a half days. Which was a lot. Not they all didn't need yeah. one, but we just running on pure adrenaline at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I totally enjoyed it. I, and, to, I totally enjoyed and it. And we went back to uh, school for yeah health yeah. education also. Oh, yeah. to teach people. Yeah. Oh, that's to good. To teach kids about uh, dental hygiene. Den- yeah, dental hygiene. How are the STD situations there? There are. Because uh, it's a situation. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Is HIV prevalent there, or what is the the big gonorrhea? Not up in the villages yeah. okay. and these remote villages. You know, the girls have babies younger because they get married off. But I don't. I don't. But they have cervical pathology because, yes. like, they are ex- because uh, when you uh, when you see uh, the girl uh, who has baby. The, uh, the 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 mother age would be like 16 or even sometimes you can see the mother who has 18 uh, who has like 14 years of age only it just so. hurts my vagina to think about that <laughs> right. so young your hips haven't even spread open yet when that's that is very that's normal there wow. that that happens in uh, the rural part of nepal so wow. they have that, but uh, in the city area, like you don't see anything like that. Right, it's modernized and people yeah. are, yeah, yeah. The so, women are maybe more independent in the yeah. city. And and uh, cervical uh, carcinoma is very much prevalent in Nepal, basically in uh, the rural part. From the sun being right there. <laughs> no, <laughs> cervical. Oh, cervical, cervical carcinoma. Oh, cervical. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay, cervical carcinoma yeah. is high. Interesting, like HPV. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. And did you? Uh, um, we're we're planning on doing a health camp where we would bring gynecologists with us because there's a simple test 
just that will look for abnormal cells um, to know if, if you have abnormal cells and you would be um, uh, yeah. referred to higher level of care to rule out you know carcinoma cervical mm-hmm. carcinoma so that's in our checklist yes to do <laughs> yes i imagine yeah, yeah. wow yeah. Well, i mean that's prevalent in america it's prevalent everywhere i feel like yes it's very prevalent there very mm. prevalent there and uterine prolapse is yeah. prevalent there yeah if you're and having a baby at 14 and then 16 and then 18 or yeah, yeah. just and you know and they don't have anything to you know they don't have the gynecologists up there um, so that will uh, be one of our health camps as as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then when when we went to the Carnali, Carnali Health Camp, um, we did go down to the children's school. What was it, kindergarten through probably third grade? No. It, it, K through uh, five? Eight. Eight? Yeah. And we had 120-some or 130 dental kits that we made and took with us and did um, taught the kids about proper dental hygiene for good overall general health. Do they get to eat the thing that colors your teeth and then no, brush your we teeth? Didn't have I love those. that when I was Somebody kid. asked the same and we didn't have those, but we did take floss, toothbrush, and toothpaste. So we will follow up at that health camp when we go back again and uh, we'll the villagers will know we're coming and we have to take the same supplies down to the school so that they can keep up with their dental hygiene. And, um, you know, it's all would be by donations because they can't afford that. Mm-mm. You know, they don't have those resources to keep up with that. That And it's, it's so simple to do to have good gen- general health. And good, clean, healthy gums is good for the brain. Yes. For so much good part brain. of the system. Yeah, 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 your internal organs. Yeah. I don't think people anywhere really realize how connected everything is the teeth is connected to the brain and the eyeball connected to the brain you know that everything is right there in your head and then your belly connected to your brain and yeah yeah it's, everything is a system operating <clears throat> together all together yeah. right. right what made you want to become a doctor and you a nurse <laughs> uh because i uh, i was grown in the rural part of nepal as well so so the whole uh, the the seed of uh, becoming a doctor came from my uh, grandfather experience because my grandfather had back stiffness and uh, knee pain and where I used to go to uh, go with him uh, for uh, seeking health care and the healthcare provider would give uh, like gels and tablets and I was completely amazed by like how it works at that time and I think at that time I started realizing like okay there is something like uh, something like magical tube which works as a magical wand <laughs> to cure the pain so mm-hmm. that things was implanted in me unknowingly uh, from my childhood and I started learning and started doing well in high school as well and later uh, I went. Uh, I got a scholarship as well, so yeah. I went to school, medical school, and I started learning medicine more and more. And kicking ass and taking names, <laughs> <and> yeah, <laughs> that's great. You so. you came naturally to it once we, that it seems like yes, yeah, that's great. That was not implanted by someone uh, inside uh, in me, but uh, it grows naturally. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And what about you? What did what inspired you to become a nurse? Um, I, um, 
I so I kind of did it a little backwards. I had a da- my daughter first, and then um, then became a single parent and decided I needed to go to college. And when I was in college, just taking the un, you know the general classes, I was working at a doctor's office, and so I decided in this college I was going to had a nursing program. So I decided to um, do the go into nursing, and um, and I've always been a natural caregiver, so it was perfect for me. Um, I love being a nurse. I did contract nursing, so I traveled around the United States, um, filling needs at hospitals, you know, for 13 weeks or 26 weeks. Um, and when my daughter was with me, I would stay a whole year in one location so she would get that year in school. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just always loved being a nurse, taking care of people. And I was going to, um, you know, take another job recently in, um, in, here in L.A. But then when I went to Nepal and did volunteering, I decided that I'm just going to continue to do volunteering as a nurse because um, that's filling filling my heart. Because I get to, you get to take care of people, and just knowing that you made you're making a difference in somebody's life in in that moment is very special and very rewarding. So, like just fills your heart. I imagine for both of you, there are a lot of highs and a lot of lows with what you experience. Just dealing with trying to help people and the frustrations, along with the the triumphs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, sometimes I say, all I want to do is help somebody. Why is it so difficult? All I mm. want to do is help. But there's always politics involved in just helping people. Yeah. So when we started the foundation, we just cut all the middlemen out. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. it. Let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> where did the seed for the foundation, obviously when you were doing all this work, but how did it the, germinate, the seed for the idea? <laughs> Either one just of you. One of our, <laughs> just hearing conversation um, between uh, with w- when we had time to talk or we were walking around the village when Amar was showing me around the village. We were just talking, and um, as I recall, I, we just talked about like helping and that I wanted to do the volunteering and that I wanted to um, have a nonprofit of some sort. And Amar was like totally the brains behind it. Like he just obviously had the same same thoughts and wanted to do the same thing and it was already building I think in his brain or maybe he could do it just that quickly but he came up with the business plan and the mission statement um, it Which was is, almost effortless what's the mission statement sustaining health yes. uh, empowering life uh, and bridging gaps in Nepal I love it <laughs> health care Healthcare. Everybody deserves healthcare. It's not a privilege. So it's a our, right. Like we focus main on healthcare, health education, maternal healthcare with uh, childhood nutrition mm-hmm. as well. So it's all about like health and educations when you combine. And yeah, and clean clean drinking water as well. Yeah, it's a big one. Yes, that's a big one. And the name of the foundation. Embrace Nepal. You can see the yes. logo. Embrace Nepal. <laughs> see Embrace Nepal Foundation. <laughs> the website is embracenepalfoundation.org. It's a great website. Yes, I'm really it's exciting. Popping around on there. Oh, have you seen it? I have. She okay. said yes. I did. Yes. The video is really wonderful. I got I got misty eyed myself. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
it's exciting. What are the things you need for the foundation as you move forward? Donations. Donations are great because it's easier to take the donations and get the things that we need there and then take them to the villages versus me bringing several duffel bags of, of items from here and trekking them, trekking them there. Um, also, you know, a little amount goes so far in Nepal. So it, it, just having the donations. Um, and we do, you know, I'm taking extra shoes that a friend donated. I've taken jackets. Um, a group I was with previously, they, they, bought, we, they brought um, jackets, some hiking pants, shoes um when one of the um we distributed 500 solar lights to the villagers that didn't have electricity because they couldn't afford it um we delivered 500 solar lights to the, those villagers is it so. hard getting through the red tape of that or not so hard now that you've done it a bit you have to coordinate with the government the gov government seems to like to have some acknowledgement um that they had some part in it makes sense. People like acknowledgement. That's yeah. how you, you can you can you know, just say to people like I'm doing these things for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, so, that makes yeah. sense. I yeah. understand that. Yeah, and they're they were they're they're so grateful that we come and do that. The villagers are extremely grateful. They they you know namaste and you know give a hug. Um, and then the local government and the village, they gave us acknowledgement. Um, they welcomed us as yeah. well and they uh, did farewell to us as well. Yes. So there was one foundation uh, who, who was working actively in that area. Uh, Oda. Foundation, yeah. Oda, Oda Foundation. Foundation. So Oda Foundation was also doing great job there, like doing, uh, like serving people for 10 years over there. Mm -hmm. So... We had to coordinate between uh, government, Oda Foundation, and that's how it went. Yeah. And the Oda Foundation, they started with one building, and now they have a little village with that has the clinic, um, uh, the medication room, you know, um, housing for the doctors or who, whomever comes up there. But in Helipad, it, it grew. And I envisioned, and I said this before we went up there, that I envisioned having a clinic, um, building a clinic, like a Patch Adams kind of thing. Sure. Building I interviewed him for the show, by the way. Oh, oh you did? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, and um, I had Amar watch Patch Adams because um, it's just such a good show. But I, I envisioned that for our foundation having a health clinic and having volunteers from America come, you know, nursing students or nurses or, or medical students just to go there and be part of that culture and see what it's like to take care of um, uh, people in a different culture and mm -hmm. um, see the despair, despair, disparity. You know, I'm yeah. surprised that that isn't a requirement in medical school and or nursing school to have that where you go and have a year of service in another country just because I think it would enrich the, the service. It humbles or, you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it humbles you. So that was going, you already answered my next question, which was it's not just money you seek, which is extraordinarily helpful, and please donate, but people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's so will. Like, yes. Like when you have will inside you, 
you can do whatever you want to do but all you ne- need is determination yeah to get the things going because uh in uh, i would say one in uh, one uh incident which happened one uh, one month back in nepal so we had earthquake mm. uh in that uh jajar coat of nepal so it is also a kind of like a rural most or remote area in nepal so we were here there were a lot uh, of deaths yeah it's very sad and we were here and there was nobody uh, there uh, who can coordinate but we try to coordinate between another foundation or with another foundation as well and uh, we successfully uh, distributed uh, 50, 50 blankets. blankets and foods uh, for the needy people uh, at there so it requires determination and the will to go and will to help the people so yeah i think also i think it's important to remember for all of us as human beings that the tiniest amount is still more than nothing yes so, if it's one blanket or one coat or one dollar it's more than zero about any of those things yes yes yeah yes i mean i long for a world where we see people from no matter where they are as ourselves exactly we've got a long road to go on that but it gives me hope to know that people like you are yeah there are many people for that yeah i know there are are. it gives me hope you know (laughs) and because i think we can get bogged down with the idea that everyone's just out for themselves but the truth of the matter is i think people are inherently they they are good yeah they see them you know they want to help yeah we see that in disasters all the time strangers stepping up and doing the thing i was thinking about this yesterday i was walking down here along the the cliff and it was at sunset and i love it because there's dogs everywhere and it makes me so happy but i was walking along and there were so many people collecting all from all walks of life all ages i'm sure all socioeconomic backgrounds and everyone had stopped to watch the sunset and as i was walking i was looking at the people i was looking at the sunset and i thought oh man if we could just capture that and remind people that yes this this that is exactly who we are mm-hmm. we all want to watch a beautiful sunset we all want to fall in love or have a good meal or you know right. have, be able to breathe or drink yes. clean water everybody wants that and it, there shouldn't be anyone thinking that one person deserves that more than another because exactly. at the end of the day we're all watching the sunset going wow that's beautiful exactly yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's such, cool, such a cool moment. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about Nepal? Um, I would say the villages and the villagers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. What about you? People in city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a city way, way different, I'm sure. It's. Um, I'm trying to know... Jokes apart, I, 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 tr- I am trying to know lots of things about uh, America as well because it's completely different from Nepal. Uh, so it's a cultural diversity as well for me. And I'm learning more and more with each day passes by. Yeah. So I'm learning and I'm enjoying every bit of <laughs> staying here. 
So are you coming up against any any kind of weirdness that you're from Nepal or that your accent's a little heavier or anything? Oh like yeah. Uh but uh not much but because like people have underst- uh, uh hard time in understanding the English because of my accent. Yeah. But I'm trying to learn about that ac- accent as well. You're like, honestly, I can understand you better now than you were two months ago. If that gives you any kind of hope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I told him that it's so much better than when you first got here. Immersion Just being is immersed everything. In the culture. Yeah. yeah, immersion's everything. How yeah. many languages do you speak? Six. Fuck. Six. <laughs> How about you? Uh, one. <laughs> you don't speak any any Nepalese? Is it Nepalese? No, no. I, I, Nepali, yeah. Nepali, yeah, I know words, but since I've been back home, I haven't been using them. Um, so When's the next trip over? February, February 3rd. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Less than a month. <laughs> yes. Are you ready for it? What happens? What? Tell me about that. What's going to happen? What's the plan? To coordinate, try to do at least four health camps. And do follow up at the Karnali Karnali Health Camp, the one that was a two day and three hour hike adventure, and it was an adventure. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> your, getting, your lungs getting are probably to used to that atmosphere. No, of no, 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 I'm <laughs> very lazy <laughs> for doing that kind of hiking. Yeah, it was my first hiking. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a whopper. Yeah, mean, yeah. Between the elevation and just the way lungs work. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially oh going gosh. straight uphill. And then you um, see people on top of the... I always thought this is hilarious when I would go hiking back in, in Washington State. Do you go to the tallest mountain? There are people smoking up there. Like, what are you doing, you crazy person? How can you do that? Yes. I was just talking about that today when I was at the frame, frame shop. Um, I was telling somebody when I did the trek that took me over 17,000 feet, there were cigarette butts up at the top of that amazing summit. amazing to me. That's but it's obviously the Sherpas. Yeah, for yeah, sure. They're used to Badass. it. Badass. I don't know how, yeah. how they do that. They're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. Definitely. Yeah. So you go in February, and how long will you be gone? Three, 12 to 15 weeks. That's a good 12 to 15 amount weeks. of time. Yeah. It takes, you know, there's time to coordinate the um, the, 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 the health camps. And you have to get the word out, which yes. must take forever. Yes. Yes. And then uh, coordinate with the local government, decide then if we're going to do like, um, if we have to get specialty doctors, doctors that are specialized in certain areas, we have to coordinate with them and their schedule so that, so that they'll be able to, to join us. And then transportation. Mm-hmm. So, um, and probably the, it'd be nice if we could do one, the Carnali health camp for three days this time. Um, and then another camp, I know they want us to come for at least two days. That is Sinduli. Sinduli. And that's in a completely different opposite direction of Carnali. Embrace Nepal org. If you're interested in being a part of this, could, could people maybe join up and come out to this? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe you've been looking in the new year for something to really inspire you. This seems like a thing to inspire, to be sure. It changed your life, right? Oh, yes. To- totally. Yes. My my family even thinks they have noticed a difference in, in me finding like something that really fills my heart since I hadn't um, you know, been to work as a nurse for probably two years prior to that, doing some other things. 
Okay, I'm going to ask you a reincarnation question because I believe in reincarnation. Did you feel that when you got to Nepal that you had been there before? Did it feel like home in any way? Um, I don't know if it felt like home like that, but I felt at home. Like I felt it was my second home and I just felt like I was with my people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's exciting. It's awesome. It's exciting. (laughs) It's exciting. I hope you get all the money, all the help. Everything goes really well and and all those people get lovely medical care. And I imagine therapy care is a part of it, yes? Is that going to become something in the future? Uh, so Mental health, I should yeah, say. Yeah, mental health. So, uh, because I have posted this uh, video uh, in my in LinkedIn account. Uh, so many, of, uh, many people uh, messaged me. And out of that, uh, many people, there was one uh, assistant professor of uh, Pennsylvania. He contacted me. Uh, he was he was a psychiatrist, so he asked me. Uh, he we shared phone number as well, and he asked me if uh, he can do volunteering work. Amazing. Uh, for the foundation as well, so That's we are in contact with with that. And he has uh, since he is working in the university, so he has his own manpower as well, and he would like to connect with us also. So. So mental about, health will yes. become an aspect of it. That's great because I imagine there's there's that's a big part of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's very willing to work with us, and we are also very excited to work with him. Yeah, with his team. That's wonderful. I feel like everybody wants to help in in some way. I was in um, Tamil, and I went into that store, yes. and there was a gal who either just graduated from pharmacy school. Or she was a pharmacy tech, but she asked me, you know, how long was I here? What was I doing? And I told her, and she, I have her phone number because she wants to join a health camp um, in the pharmacy um, aspect. Um, so I got her name and phone number. Great. How can people email if they want to volunteer or want to help somehow? I know that there, there's the website, so they can definitely go to the website. Is there an easy access email? To- there is. There's an email on the website, um, info at embracenepal.org is the, is the website. And that's actually is the uh, email, and that's on the, the website. Okay, great. Um, and another uh, Did I thing- get the, the, is the website embracenepalfoundation.org or emba- embracenepal.org? Both. Okay, great. Yes. I was yes. like, oh, no, I got it wrong. Okay, yes. great. And Perfect. we were, we're also going to coordinate trekking adventures as another way to come and help and enjoy your, um, and do some trekking. So, um, we have uh, guides set up, so it would, we we're cutting out the middlemen. So a trek, a ten day trek in Nepal, will cost you probably two thousand dollars less to do it through uh, our foundation, and we uh, we they would just contact us. It would be set up with the guide, and part of their cost would. Uh, a do- part of that would be donated to the foundation, oh, and nice. then the rest would go directly to the guide and the Sherpa and the tea houses, oh, and lovely. no no middle people in in between. So that's to really take any of the funds. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. a way to be of service while also enjoying a an interesting yes experience. And the trekking is amazing. Yes, you both are wonderful. Thank you for being on the planet and for making it better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for interviewing us and having us on your um, podcast. It's so exciting. Absolutely. Thank you for coming back. (laughs) 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 I just see big things happening. 
I want it to happen like yesterday, but there's time. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. And this, uh, I'll put this out so that it comes out before y'all go. It is 501c3 pending right now. Um, the application was sent into the IRS, and um, so people will get tax deductions for donating. That's great. Yeah. Will the trucks be tax deductible since a, par- a part of it? Yeah, because be- it's going to be through the foundation. Yeah. So say the trek is... The trek with the donation is fifteen hundred dollars. Um, that would the whole thing would be deductible because Great. it's being it's done through the foundation, which is the um, nonprofit. And to clarify, the treks you don't have to volunteer medically. It's just a trek. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Just to trek. Another way to help. Come and enjoy a trek. And while you're enjoying that, you're also helping the, the people in Nepal. That's great. Yeah. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you again for, for having, having us. us. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>